Can I get a little of your time? Conversation picking your mind. You probably got niggas on side, but you look better on mine. I love them bad hoes, but it never lasts long. You say I'm an asshole, it's probably my dad's fault. Can I get a little of your time? Conversation picking your mind. You probably got niggas on side, but you look better on mine. I love them bad hoes, but it never lasts long. Good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. Diddy Casanova, a.k.a. The One True King of the South, a.k.a. Slipping on Your Pimpin', a.k.a. December's Very Own, a.k.a. It's Cold as Hell Outside, a.k.a. Why the fuck do I live in a place where it snows? And on the hotline, as always, my wonderful and gracious co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. A.K.A. your favorite little shit talker. A.K.A. that bald-headed bandit. A.K.A. I didn't come up with any A.K.A.s this week, to be honest with y'all. So just understand that I'm the little baby who's still just trying to figure it out. But mostly because, you know, it's fucking Calvin. I am fucking frustrated. Why? Let me tell you, okay? So today, first of all, I'm going to start with the positive, okay? Today, I started my new career. Because I don't feel like this is a job. I truly feel like I have found like a career, right? So today was actually my last day of training for said career. Um, I go in tomorrow for my evaluation. There's a test I have to take to let like comprehension exam I have to take to make sure that like everything I was supposed to train and retain I got. Like I'm pretty fucking excited. And then today, even walking out of the center that I've been training at, it's in Fort Mitchell, and I'll get, which is the point of my contention, but I'll get there. Um, even when I was walking out today, everybody was like excited for me. Like, you're going to do great things. I can't wait to hear all the wonderful things you're going to do. Like, you're going to be amazing. And it just really just, it, it was an affirmation that I'm exactly where I need to be. And every little thing that I went through career wise this year was worth it. Everything, like everything, because I'm, I'm in a place where I belong. And I'm ready for it. And it took me having jobs that either let me go because of COVID or were underappreciating me or just working jobs where I'm making like working 73 hour weeks and my check was $500, literally. So anyway, but in order for me to get to said job, I live in Cincinnati. My job is in Kentucky. So of course there is a fucking bridge I have to cross. The bridge that I need to cross is the Brent Spins. And if you're not from the Cincinnati, greater Kentucky area, or like, you don't, you don't, that's not a part of your life, right? So the Brent Spins Bridge is one of the most popular bridges in, of the, to connect Cincinnati to 71 South from Cincy to Kentucky. That is the bridge that the majority of us take in order to get, get back and forth, okay? It is also the number one infrastructure issue in the United States, the Brent Spins Bridge, right? So a couple weeks ago, two semis collided holding very explosive and toxic material and blew the bridge up, essentially. The bridge that has been needing construction work for years, actually decades at this point. It's been about a decade, right? So now that this bridge is closed for repairs and they're saying that we won't be able to see the first sign of life for this bridge, like the first like test for this bridge for another month, I have to cross that bridge. I'm supposed to. Now, had this bridge been up and functioning to its typical order, it, my commute to work from my house would be 15 minutes. Tops. Tops. Right now, my commute home from work is every bit of 45 minutes. 
30 today by the grace of God. Now, again, in order for me to get home, there is another bridge I have to cross, typically, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the Clayway Bridge. The Clayway Bridge is not supposed to handle the amount of traffic that has to be that has been crossing oh, it ba- due oh, to ba- baby girl. You need to listen. Let me let me put let me put you up on game on wax. So, as someone who used to live in Norfolk, Kentucky, for a smooth eight months, right? So I know you, you went. You said you went to Fort Mitchell. That's on. That's on. You know. Uh, the, oh no! I found a detour. I have found a detour. Yeah. Yeah, you, I have you found could. a streetway detour, and baby, I've been taking that bitch every day. But I think these cars are finally catching on to the streetway detour. And my literally, there was another accident on seventy one South. I mean seventy one North. So everybody had to take my little streetway detour. It took me forty five minutes to get home. So you taking four seventy one now to over? Um, so yes. Yeah, so what I would typically do is get off at that get off at the exit right before the last exit before you get across the Brent Spence, I get off on two exits before that. And then I take the street past big daddies and all of that to get the 471. So, um, but I also been taking the downtown streetways from Kentucky to, um, downtown Cincinnati to get home too. So I've just tried to be avoiding bridges as much as possible, but baby, something got to get. There's a way it involves, it involves getting off 471 Taking it across to Kentucky, getting off on about exit three, um, getting off about exit three, and then taking kind of there's a streetway to get through the bridge that connects Covington and Newport. Oh, and yeah, I need to find that. Yeah, whatever so, that bridge is, we finna be friends. But yeah, like far- so, so yeah, so there's a bridge. There's a there's a there's two bridges that connect Covington and Newport. There's one that you're talking about that's over closer to, you know, the levee, aquarium, and shit like that. And mm-hmm. then there's another one that's a little deeper into the city of Covington and Newport. It's, all, it's like on like 11th Street. And yeah. that that bridge is the one you need to take because that one is the the least popular one right now out of all of them. So you just, but yeah, so that's how you, that's how you play Yeah, that. this you, shit you take, whooping my ass. That, that's how you play like, that. Ooh. That's, see, that's, that's, nice... that's how you play that. Yeah. Not gonna lie. And I appreciate you. But not gonna lie. There are some days where I need a little bit of a longer car ride. I'm not gonna lie. Like there are days where I, my day was either very long or frustrating or just, I need a mental minute. So sometimes I will sit in traffic and I'm a weird bitch. I know I am, but I'm very. Cause that would make, that would make me feel worse. So No, no, because I turn on a good playlist. Or I handle a couple phone calls I was supposed to make during the day. Like, there's certain shit that I just rather handle outside of my house. And because I'm very, I'm a very spiritual person, which means that I'm very cognizant of the energy that I bring into places. And sometimes when I get home, I don't want to be frustrated in my house. Sometimes I need my home to be just peaceful. I want to walk in and know that I'm leaving my frustrations on the other side of my door. I want to light candles, smoke my weed change the batteries and and go to bed like that's all i want to do that's it so i don't want to come home and have to journal my frustrations out in order for me to get to a place of peace sometimes i just want to walk into my house already on one already there so my evening is set up just just like that like even today for instance i woke up this morning about three hours early for work um meditated journaled got some things out the way like handled some did some couple of chores i've been behind on 
I realized that I'm not a lump sum laundry bitch. Like I have to handle like a couple loads a day. That way it doesn't feel so overwhelming and I'm still like putting a dent in this shit. I've got, I don't know if this is a testament to just my clothes or how much I shop. I have not done laundry laundry in two months. This is overwhelming. And I do this shit to myself at least once a quarter. Like, I need my ass whooped. Anyway, friend, how are you? <laughs> Whew. Um, there's an honest answer and then there's a safe answer. The honest Please answer don't give may... me the... Go ahead, friend. Listen. Just know... You better talk Just to know. these people like we family. Man, they don't want me to talk to them like like we family. I don't tell family everything. I'm a very secretive person. We know this. Um, Go ahead, Calvin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you finna piss me off early. Fuck it, fuck it. I piss everyone off at some point. Um, listen. So where I'm, where where am I? Where I'm at is truly. I know right now how I am. I'm not a good person to be around. You feel me? Okay. Like, I'm very irritable right now. Like, my, like I, I find myself, you know, the, the, the times I do get in the car and I drive, whether it's to pick up something, do run some errands, get out the house, my road rage is a little higher because I'm irritable. Um, I am, I'm closing myself off. Um, I am, you know, I think, I think one of my superpowers is also is analysis, right? I think I'm able to think about shit in a way that not to toot my own horn because this is a gift and a curse, but I'm able to think about shit in a way that a lot of people can don't choose not to, or just can't think about like my brain works different and and in in good times, it's great. Like I can analyze some shit. I could I can give niggas to play. I can tell niggas shit. You know what I'm saying like, look, you need to do X, and then you need to do Y, and you need to do Z. We'll do a book. Um, but in in bad times, it's just like I, that energy that you were talking about about like you want your house to be peaceful. You want you want your your evenings to be peaceful. I haven't known peace in a while. Um, I'm because I have conflicting thoughts about a lot of things that are going on internally and externally that are wrestling within me. So that takes a toll. And when I feel that taking a toll, I generally go turtle and I just climb in my shell. Peace out, niggas. I see y'all when I see y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that happening. Um, and I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of shit. Like, I, like, I feel like I've been on relative autopilot for the majority of the year. Just because just I'm like, you know what? I ain't got it to give. And that can be problematic. And we'll talk about it a little bit later as far as, like, the whole why and, like, just pride comes for a downfall, all that shit. But that's where I'm at right now. Just, you know what I mean? I ain't, you know what I mean? I come in, you know what I mean? That's where I'm at. Like, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of shit going on inside my head 
And not all of it or the majority of it is positive. But I choose to, I understand energy, thanks to all of the, the <laughs> with all due respect, with all the witches <laughs> that are in my life, all the witches and all the empaths that are in my life, <laughs> I understand energy. And I understand that I can't, I can't choose, I can't share negative energy to people because it's not fair to whatever they got going on. You feel like I can't be the negative drag. I can't be that issue. So understanding that I, cho- I, 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 I try to make sure that I, I kind of close out. So I don't, I don't do that. And I'm, and so that's where I'm at. So it's kind of an extension of where we were last week. You know what I mean? Just a lot of, a lot of shit going on, a lot of shit going down. You deal with it, how you deal with it. And you move forward. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, life goes on. I think, I think, I think no matter the good or the bad, life goes on. So that's how I'm at. That's, that's, where, I'm, that's where I'm at currently. That was a lot more optimistic than you were a couple weeks ago. So you got to shout out to growth, okay? Was like, it? Because just... it, it feels... <laughs> but also, that brings up the question of like, if that was optimistic, then God damn. No, because Calvin, you... I don't know where you were at, but I just said, okay, Fran needs some space to be this right now. So, all right, cool. We're going to roll with it. But you ready to get to chopping these topics, Fran? Yeah, let's get a popper. All right. So, I'm just going to get the COVID shit out the way. So, we're being responsible. But a new proposed COVID bill is on the table. And Mm -hmm. it is probably the most bipartisan proposal that we've seen. But it's still shit. I'm going to be real it's, it's, okay. it, it's a mid-burger with cheese. With cheese, bro. All right. Hold the onions. They did that. But in this new proposed um, relief bill, um, the plan does not include a stimulus. However, it does include $300 a week in federal unemployment, which is down from the 600 additional funds that the good people were getting. And then they have extended that for at least four more months. So now through, say, March... If the bill gets passed, right, say the bill gets passed tomorrow, realistically, to put it on a timeline, it'd be from now till March that people will be receiving these additional unemployment funds, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a six-month legal shield for some corporations for corona-related lawsuits that will protect companies and businesses. So say if you had to report to work um, as get COVID. employee, you caught COVID, you cannot you sue your sue. employer, for catching COVID while at work. That's pretty much what that protection is. Um, A lot of it is just, and honestly, that was a Republican proposed um, thing. And it was one of those iron... Yeah, $250 billion for like state and local governments. And a lot of, again, you know, corporate corporate kickbacks. I think that's... that's, So I think, yeah. The one... The one... The true takeaway from this, right, for me, the true takeaway when I read the article and saw what was on the table, the true takeaway from this for me is that our government gave us $1,200 months ago and said, make it enough. And in the meantime, I have seen family members catch COVID. I have seen... You've caught COVID. People, I've had COVID. My twin sister has had COVID. Um, it seems like we used to, it it seems like once upon a time, it was somebody, somebody, somebody has COVID. Now I can look at immediate family members of mine that have had COVID survived, had to quarantine, right? 
I have had relatives even closer than that have COVID. And for their sake, they've asked me to keep that private. So I will. But um, COVID has impacted my health. It has impacted my financial situation. It has impacted me socially and taken a quite the toll on my mental health. Okay. I, as it has with everybody. I'm not special in those regards, but we are talking about me, right? But the one, my one true takeaway of reviewing that bill is the most essential employees of this entire country, the people who have kept this thing, kept us running, your grocery store clerks, your, your um, gas station clerk workers, you have your hospital staff, your firemen, your police people, the EMTs, everybody, everybody who fast food restaurants, our Grubhub, your Uber drivers, the people with their boots on the ground were treated like absolute shit. We have taken away their health care, given them or given them the minimum benefits for it. No time off of work. None. You've worked these people into the ground. Expose them to one of the most deadliest to the most deadliest pandemic I've ever seen. We've ever seen globally. And then told them that they're not only can you not sue your employer for catching COVID after you were mandated to show up for work. You gave them no resources. There was no rent relief. There were no pauses on anything. People have been without jobs, homes, and stability all year. And you guys, and this proposed bill did not propose to give us a dime. You want people to restrict their lifestyles, change the way they live, social distance, be be as in the house as possible and gave them no resources to do so. That is... It's, can, I'm can trying I, not can to get I, emotional. I, it's okay. Tag me in. It's okay. T- I, got, I got it from here. I got it, I got it from here. Because this, how I feel is is partly, probably 50% because of this, right? It's like, right. The, 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 oh my God, Calvin, you're so down. You're so negative. It's because I see the game. So, all right. Put it like this. It's hard to not talk about the jig when it's, they playing in your face with it. It really is. Fam, fam, fam. The jig is higher than Wiz Khalifa at this current moment. Okay. Um, I, I almost, I almost said, I almost said somebody else, but I needed to be respectful because that man is going through a lot right now. So it'd be unfair for me to, for me to use him Please. in analogy. Please. Um, so let's 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 break this down, right? So right. student loan forbearance is expiring end of this month, December thirty first. Baby, they wouldn't get paid um, anyway. Right, hear me out. This is this is part like this is part of like a lot of shit. Excuse me, is expiring this month. So, uh-huh. um, f- federal utility you know, relief as well. Utility utility relief. Any state level um, rent protection, eviction protection, all expiring. So let's so so let's break this down. Thirty million people currently are either behind on rent or their mortgage by at least two months. So 30 million people are at are, are, are at risk of being evicted if we don't extend eviction protection stuff. 30 million. There are the majority of states have at least 30 to 40 percent of people who are behind, either behind on their rent or behind on their mortgage by at least two months, so at least 60 days. So 
and then you tack on that to everything that you mentioned, right? Like we don't need to right. rehash just how down bad America is. Yet stock prices are at an all-time high. Life is funny that way. Um, it is. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard watching people, certain people, become billionaires in the middle of a pandemic. I'm not even going to say certain people. Anybody who became a millionaire or a billionaire in the middle of a pandemic, there is a specific and special place for you in hell. Not only should billionaires not be exist, but the only way people amass that kind of wealth is by exploitation. And you did that in the middle of the worst pandemic Listen, we've ever seen. Only people hired right now are Amazon and Walmart. <laughs> like, yeah, baby. Uh, I mean, listen, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah, we've 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 given money to them in a pandemic because we're told to stay home, and Amazon delivers packages to your home in two days. So it's like, of course, we're going to come up, right? It's like it's 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 it's, it's, it's really fucked up how the game works. But, but let, let me finish my points, right? Go ahead. Um. So so we so we got 30 million people who are at risk for eviction. We got at least 30 to 40 percent of people all across the country who are at least two months behind on their rent and mortgage. Um, student loan forbearances is about to, is about to come up in, in, in December. So we have, so we're sitting on a powder keg, right? So the, the worst case scenario always was the fact if we're still knee deep in a pandemic in the winter months in Q4, because in, and pretty much anywhere who experiences winter, so you can't outside dine in 35 degree, 35 degree temperatures. You can, all, all your events generally move inside once it gets that cold because people aren't, unless, unless you're a member of the Caucasus Mountains, you generally go inside once it gets to 45 degrees, right? Yeah, so we baby. knew, so we, so, so we end up, if you listen to people who knew what they were talking about, People will t- told you, hey, bro, if we don't get this shit under control by September, October, it's going to get spooky. And guess what? Guess what happened? It got spooky it, because it, we, we have we have Halloween and how none, how no one can sit their ass down for Halloween. And all the, and then the surges for Halloween happened generally two weeks later because, again, this virus has a two week incubation period. Right. So it's like it's not like. You go to you go to a Halloween party. You take a test on Monday. Oh, I'm good. No, nigga, like it has a two week incubation period. You idiot. Um, so then you have a Halloween surges, tumble right into the Thanksgiving surges, because Thanksgiving more people travel in airplanes back home to see their family than any time in the pandemic. Right? It was still not you know compared to last year. Whether it was less, but yeah, it was the busiest travel weekend since March. So we're going to see those cases come in in about a week and a half. Next a week, week and a half. Next right. week. We already, you know what I'm saying, because y'all, y'all done came home, y'all done, y'all, done, y'all done kicked it, then went home and breathed on your grandma. We, we, we've discussed this. And then right. those Thanksgiving surges are going to roll right into Christmas. And those Christmas surges are going to roll right into New Year's and, and so on and so forth. But and if you think niggas won't be outside for New Year's, you out of your goddamn mind. But while yes, a sh- a, a full six week shutdown would probably be the best health wise. Try selling that to the businesses who already need 
who already in a normal year make their money in Q4. Black Friday is called Black Friday because historically a lot of businesses were operating in the red until Christmas shopping started. Right. So you so you already got businesses who already use this as a way to kind of make their profits in a non-pandemic year. But now we're in a pandemic where they need this money to make sure the lights keep going on. So they're fighting. At the same time, we are blowing past all historical records as far as cases, deaths, deaths per capita, all that shit. We're blowing past it. Like we we are way worse than we were when this shit started. So what we've done as a country is we've tried so there's a there's a there's a saying that when you try to serve two masters, you end up serving none. And what we've done is we've tried to balance, we've tried to walk a tightrope in keeping the economy from collapsing, but also trying to stem the spread of COVID-19. And what we have done in trying to serve two masters is that we have served none. The I don't listen, the economy is not just a stock market. You feel me? Like the stock market is a part of the economy. But it's not the full economy. And we have sh- we have seen when 30 million people are facing eviction, 30 to 40 percent of people who are homeowners who, or renters are at least two months behind on their rent or mortgage. <clears throat> Millions of people are out of jobs or underemployed or just gave up looking for work. 260, you know what I'm saying? Like all of these things are happening on the economy side. And still we have over the, the last number was shit, 13 million cases in the United States and about over 270,000 people died. Like we're, again, we're, 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 we have chosen a middle ground that has not served either of its purposes. And so then, yes, we, we, me and you, we get on here in line and we talk about personal responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, bro, stay, stay at home. Wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask. We'll do what we'll we and that is part of that case, right? But we also understand that when you get, when you as an American government give give the American citizens at this point less than five dollars a day in help in the middle of a pandemic and tell them, you know, what I'm saying good luck, that people are going to make decisions. <laughs> that they that that are probably not smart, and I'm not it's gonna hard. Lie. And, and, and hold on, it's hard to tell someone that they can work in a retail store all day and and be in close contact with hundreds of motherfuckers for twelve hours a day, but they can't go kick it with ten of their friends. If that's a hard sell. And so I understand, but it, 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 it feels like the government is even playing in niggas' faces. And then, before you, then you bring it into this latest bill that is proposed. And, you know, with the way Congress is going, it might not pass because Congress can't do shit right now. That does not offer a second round of stimulus for the most impacted Americans, but does offer the corporations who are forcing these workers to go to go work in these hazardous conditions to 
to not get sued if the person catches COVID and dies from it. And then the same corporations who get these tax breaks and and billions of dollars in bailouts to then go around and continue to lay off the same workers that they said these billions of dollars in tax breaks and benefits would prevent from happening. Like, again, it's, it's, it's very much a frustrating time to live in. And go ahead. You hit the nail on the head, which is the point of what, which is going to bring us to our next topic. Great segue King. But at this point, if people are, you're telling me that, all right, I'll be honest. As Brunch Bay Alley, right? Bottle Girl Alley. We know that I work brunch and brunch typically turns into a day party. And as far as being outside, outside, if I'm not at that particular job, then my ass has pretty much been in the house. I may go stop at a friend's house for a small dinner, but as far as me being out, out, it's been very limited. I can think on two occasions that I've actually been out and on both of those, you were with me. So like uh, of some form of like, and we have pick and choose, we have been very cautious and very choosy about what event we were going to go to and exactly how we're going to conduct ourselves. When we were and, in and even then and, with, with both of those, with both of those events, Hey, we both got cussed out immediately afterwards for going, right? Like we both, yeah. both times everybody was like, Oh no, we knew that go. there would be some personal responsibility <laughs> factors to and, this that would absolutely and, and, have niggas looking at us with the side eye. We knew, and then, but and the then time, what we did, what we did after that was, a, we 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 we, we waited and got tested. We got the incubation and got tested. And B, between the time of that, we were out, and and the time that we were tested, we didn't see nobody. We literally sat we self quarantined until we got our test mom, results dad, back. Family. None that we were good to go back because that's what you're supposed to do, uh, right? So hold on, let me finish to, my point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Because I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose it. So my point about the matter is this, especially because I've been seeing and feeling some energy about my movement. So I'm just going to go ahead and address it, right? It's my, fuck it, we ball. If y'all knew how often I got COVID tested because of how constantly I have to be in public, the only time you truly see me in public is if I'm making money. And you can nobody debate that. Nobody. If y'all see me out, I am working. Every time you see me, it's either I, I am working. I'm all either coming to a check or on my way from one. Work. Also, I get COVID tested once a week. Because A, I actually listen to scientists and I know exactly how incubation periods work. So typically when I get tested for the, the week I get tested was for the past two weeks. Because I constantly need to be in the know of my COVID status and the people around me. I still have to take care of my parents. I still have a child to take care of. And then my job is, ironically, again, I'm an essential employee. So I even if we get shut down, it would have to be nobody but emt on the streets like emergency personnel only before i ever get sent home i'm the last person to go home period so because i understand my exposure 
with my career field and like my side hustle, I am very cognizant of the hows and the whys. And I'm not going out of here, going out of my way to make reckless or dangerous or just simply put selfish decisions regarding this pandemic and my need to be social. I am an extrovert. And I know it is truly hard to believe that my black ass knows how to sit down anywhere, especially now with the way my mental health is set up and certain things in my life. Like being around people is a form of escapism for me. I need people. I love people. Also traveling. I would have booked a flight by now. I'd have been on somebody's beach, not worried about none of the shit I'm worried about right now. But no, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I have to keep my reckless decision makings to a minimum. So just because, and I say this to say that, some of y'all have not done those things. Some of y'all have been truly selfish and reckless in, in the way that you have managed your personal, you, government shit aside, the government is shit, but the personal things that you could have been doing, you should have at the minimum. And at this point, I'm not, it's not a judgment. I know who you are. You know who you are. And I just, I do look at you funny because at this point you've taken no personal accountability or responsibility to at least take care of yourself because of the other people that you have to be around. But like some of y'all are going out of your way to be as dangerous and reckless as possible. And I don't like it. And then some of you have also defended the actions of your, your stupidity by saying, oh, going to certain parties is the equivalent or showing up and going to parties and hanging out is the equivalent to going to Target or Walmart. It's the same amount of people. You're a dumbass. It's we, not. Yeah, we it's touched, nowhere we, near we touched, we touched upon that last week. Yeah. I just know. But like, I'm I just, just know. I just need you. Sorry, go ahead, Calvin. Because I, I feel you. And I just, I, I think, because we, we share that. Like, we connected because we were both extroverts. We met each other for the first time out. You feel me? Like, out at a function, talking shit. Um, and so, yeah, that part of that, that, that has definitely impacted my mental health. I, I keep it a butt. I keep it a beam. But I try to, I try to sacrifice for the greater good. So I'm yeah, like I would love, fam. I would love. <laughs> ignorance is bliss, right? They say ignorance is bliss. I would love to be ignorant, like some of the people that I see, and just just have a grand old time. You know what I'm saying? Just kicking it and like, I, but I can't. And honestly, I'm I'm not sure how some of you niggas haven't caught COVID yet. I I really have questions on. On on how on how I know infectious diseases to work because I I the, the math don't math because I look at your Instagram stories and then I'm like either you've caught it and you just haven't told anyone or you are one of the luckiest SOBs I have ever met in my life because every weekend I see you out smoking hookah and kicking it. And, like, generally in a pre-pandemic, there's no judgment from me because half the time you would see me out most weekends drinking, kicking it. Because, again, it's escapism for me. Like, we all have the things we escape. But in a pandemic, I've, I've really cut that back and I've had to sit with myself and I've had to really sit and think and just be my own company. And it's exposed some things in me that I'm not necessarily proud of and I, ne- I don't necessarily like, but I tuck it and I eat it because I know this is what how I'm supposed to keep myself and the people I care about safe and I just know that 
you niggas can never call me Mixy again when we compare to some of you motherfuckers. And secondly, I'm not going to be the, listen, y'all niggas who can't sit still and can't stay down and can't not go out, y'all better be the first ones in line for this vaccine because I sure the fuck won't be. I'm going to be honest with you. This pandemic has learned, of, of anything, I have learned that some of y'all don't know how to be by yourselves. And that's not a judgment because being by myself was something that I have had to learn how to do a couple times this year. And it's like, not, being it's by not my- easy. It's not easy. It's not. And it's not. It's not. Yeah. But because being alone means that there are things about yourself that you have to honestly work out. You got to work that shit out. And watching y'all not sit down as mixy as my black ass is, watching y'all not sit down frustrates me. It, and I wish that I had the luxury of not caring like y'all do. But when I was like and I'll be honest with you. Yes. And every time I walk outside to go do something, like go to work, or even when I'm getting dressed for brunch, like sometimes I think about like this just put another week between me and my dad seeing each other. My dad, I'm giving, I'm trying not to cry. Actually, fuck it. We here. I'm here. Um, last night I was on FaceTime with my father. And y'all know how I am about my dad. And my dad misses being outside. Like, if you think I'm a mixy nigga, my dad be gone. <laughs> and because of work and just, you know, people, heavy peopling lately, I told my dad that I was going to quarantine and then, like, I'll see you when I can see you. And quarantine for me is hard because I, I damn near work in a hospital. I work in a hospital kind of setting. So it's, it's, it's hard. Um, but my dad called me today to ask me if he can come see me for lunch. He said, daughter, I just want to come see you get out the house for a minute. And immediately my heart was like, yeah, sure. Now, mind you, my lunch break is only 30 minutes. And my dad was going to drive from Fairfield to Fort Mitchell, which is easy, easy 45 minute drive to come sit with me in his car for 30 minutes. He was going to literally sit in his car. I was going to sit in mine and we were just going to have lunch and talk. But you niggas can't sit down. Y'all got to be outside. I'll be honest. And I know it's weird because the fact that you niggas won't sit down and y'all got to be outside is how I make some of my money. But I would rather not make another dime if it meant that we could get rid of this COVID shit. And I can at least just be with my dad. Physically be up underneath my dad. That's all I want. I want a hug from my dad without being paranoid about it. Or feeling guilty every time I have to, I have to go see my parents. And thinking about all oh, shit. Like, I wish y'all understood the routine that I have when I get to my parents' house. I have to take off all of my clothes. It don't matter if I just left my house and I came straight there. It don't matter. I have to take off all of my clothes at the door, put them in a plastic bag, and I immediately have to go into my mom's washer. Then I have to go shower. I have to get my temperature taken, and then they feel better. And damn near sometimes, depending upon my dad's mood, while I'm at my mom's house, I have to wear a mask. Just... I need y'all to understand that some of us are actually making sacrifices. Some of them are us are actually giving a fuck. 
and watching some of y'all don't and not and trying not to feel a way about it because I get it is difficult. It's difficult as fuck. And then hearing the comments about some of my moves pisses me off even more because I need y'all to understand how precautious I actually am. But my lights still need to be turned on and off. My bills need to be paid. I got shit I have to do. And this money helps me do that. Because our government for damn sure ain't gonna give us money. If we had a kid, honestly, if I was also receiving like a stimulus check on top of my regular paycheck, I would stop bartending. Because it's too much of a risk for me and my loved ones. But that's not the case. So Alex has to make sure one plus one equals two for my comfortability. My little job pays for my bills just fine. But I like to, I, there are certain little things that I want and I need. So we do what we have to do. And I don't have to explain that to anybody. But there is a trade off. There is a sacrifice to that. And watching y'all not give a, some of y'all not give a fuck about it pisses me off. I can't lie. So if I'm different with a few of you, please evaluate your actions during this pandemic and what I've seen you do and what you know you've done and how mixy and not safe you've been before you try to talk to me about why I don't talk to you anymore. Because I'm I, some of y'all I'm never saying a word to ever again. I'm cool. It's just irresponsible. And if you'll be irresponsible with your life, you for damn sure don't give a fuck about mine. I'm cool. Anyway, Calvin, you got anything else to, to add? Um... To wrap up, I get it. <laughs> I understand. We are with we are in a we are between a rock and a hard place, right? You know what I mean? But I think it's one of those things where do what you can to make the math work. Like if you need to if you're an essential worker or you a service worker, bartender, I understand you gotta go outside, do what you gotta do, but it's like It's, 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 I feel like I'm being gaslighted, right? Because I, I look and depending on whose story I look, I look at, it's like the pandemic isn't real. Yep. Right. Like I'm looking at, you know, a couple of nigga stories, a couple of cities. I'm like, it's just, it just doesn't, it, 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 it feels pre pandemic. But then I look at my niggas losing loved ones. <laughs> you don't feel me? Like, my 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 niggas like losing their jobs. My niggas losing their livelihoods. Like the the numbers racking up, and if, if failure comes from a top down, like there was never because of who we had in office, there was there was very little proper streamlined communication and guidance and leadership from the jump, and because of that. It allowed people to 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 craft their own narratives as far as how this pandemic, you know. Remember right. when the pandemic was because of five G towers? Remember, remember, remember that part of quarantine? Man, when, I remember the man. Bring back the shot challenge at least. No, at least. because my liver, my liver can't handle it. Bring back. Remember Tiger King? Tiger Shit, King my depression year. can. Um, ma'am, but like. So, and then you had, listen, fam, like, we're still in a debate on whether we should wear masks or not. <laughs> like, we're in a, I, we are nine months into this thing, and you, and some of you motherfuckers, 
still aren't wearing your mask correctly. Like, we can't, we can't even get that right. Like, you're still wearing your mask under your nose like your nose isn't part of your respiratory system. Like, we can't even get that right. And I, again, um, we've talked about 2020 vision, right? Remember New Year's Eve, everyone was like, I'm, I'm seeing clearly now, I guess it's my 2020 vision. All that corny-ass Instagram shit. Mm-hmm. Be care- you gotta be specific in your manifestations. Because this year has made it, I think we all see a little bit clearly now. We just don't like what we see. Because we, we, we the veneers, the veneer, the sheen, the, gl- the glisten glam have been taken away. And we see the real. <laughs> and we see how you move when you have to make a sacrifice for others. Right? Like, right. How, what what do you do when you gotta when you gotta tuck some shit and it's not an immediate benefit to you? And by and large, we failed. We have failed from the top on down. America has failed and failed spectacularly. We're not even we we don't we still don't even have enough tests. <laughs> to do proper contact tracing. And so that's part of the reason these cases are bumping. Even in vaccine um, you know, pr- preparation, we're behind almost every other developed country. Like, we have failed in every way imaginable. And it's only us in Europe. Fam, there was a, they had a soccer game in Australia a couple weeks ago that had 49,000 people in a stadium. And it was, it looked lit. They're doing concerts over in Asia. Like, outdoor festivals and shit. Meanwhile, in America, it looks like not only did we have to just sacrifice our entire 2020, but it's looking more and more likely we're going to have to sacrifice the majority of our 2021 as well. So I'll by the real time... Because of COVID, this will be uh, potentially, I have canceled my 30th birthday, my original 30th birthday plans because of COVID. Because I'm be honest, I don't see me traveling until late next year. I actually have a trip in Jamaica. I'm in the process of paying for right now, scheduled for um, September of 2021. And I'm going to look take a hard look at these numbers come March of next year. And if I'm not comfortable doing that trip, I'm still not going. And that's and I understand because and I this understand will be the part second of it, right? pandemic birthday for me. This is the second pandemic birthday for me. It didn't have to be I, that. I understand part of it, right? Like a lot of so for what for example, weddings. Because a lot of people ask, like, why the fuck are you niggas having weddings? And I for part of it was like I, I too was some of the niggas. But when I once I talked to a couple brides and a couple grooms, a lot of a lot of these event spaces and, and wedding planners and shit aren't letting couples out of their contracts. Or if, for, or if they if they have to if they have to break the contract, they gotta pay a fee. Like they gotta pay like a a, a four fi, a four digit fee. And again, mm-hmm. weddings are already expensive. So you're so you're so you're faced with you're faced with a dilemma, right? You're faced like I either go through with this and try my best to adhere to COVID regulations and safety. And hopefully, you know, have it outside during during the warm months, you know, really pare down the guest list or whatever, whatever. Or 
I I, I eat. I, I try to reschedule, push it back, eat the eat the fee, eat the change date fee, and and because right now, if you push it back right now, you probably got to push it back eighteen months. So I'll be real. if if you thought you were going to get married in in June or you know December twenty twenty, you end up getting married in December twenty twenty two. Like maybe. So I understand. Maybe, or you know, so, so a lot of people are stuck with between a rock and a hard place, and it didn't. And then these same venues, right? And then these same venues that are doing some of these couples like that, they're even telling them that they have to minimize their guest list for social distancing purposes. So you're not giving me my money back, and then you're also telling me that I can't have all my niggas in here anyway, bro. Trash, trash. But real quick, we'll end it on there. We'll end it right there, but. As far as leadership during this pandemic, I do want to take a moment to shout out Elizabeth Warren, who um, had to, who honestly lost, she lost her, her race for this election. It's okay. I licked my wounds about that. I hope, I pray that she did too. But the one thing I will give to Elizabeth Warren and also Kamala Harris is that they didn't stop. When they didn't know what, especially Kamala Harris, and we've been critical of her as we should, as we, I've been critical of Elizabeth Warren as we should. You were potentially the leader of my free world. I have questions. So, but I have to give it to her. Elizabeth Warren has not stopped championing the people. She didn't get salty. She didn't lick, like, she didn't get mad. I'm pretty sure she felt her feels because that's disappointing as fuck. And I pray that she processed that in whatever healthy way looks, in whatever healthy manner looks right to her. But the good sis has never stopped calling these niggas out, never stopped fighting, never stopped pushing. And I need y'all to know that when y'all are critical of Joe Biden, as we all should be, understand of what, like, I can't help it, but to think about what we could have had with her. I'm going to stand behind Joe Biden, but I got my, I got my eye on him too. Like we, it don't stop. We voted in Joe Biden just so I could protest his ass too, but just Shout out to her. I just wanted to make sure that on wax, I gave Elizabeth Warren her fucking flowers. Like, go off, sis. Go clean the fuck off. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Calvin. <laughs> we gonna keep it short on this topic because I don't want to talk about the brunch itself. Okay. Number one, it's in the middle of the pandemic. None of you niggas had any business in True Kitchen to begin with. Like this so all could have been avoided that- if y'all sat. This all could have been avoided if y'all just sat to fuck at home like y'all was supposed to. But you- since you didn't, you gave me content. So fuck it, we ball. Calvin, would you like to explain to the people what happened at True Kitchen? Would I like to? No. Will I? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> like because. Maybe they can hear how much I'm over all of this, but so here, here, here's what happened. So, true kitchen and cocktails. Cocktails is spelled with a K. This is this is important in this scenario. Um, a viral video popped out, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need you. To, I need you to stop laughing so I can explain this. If y'all okay. can see the way I just snickered over my glass of wine, baby, that was a meme. <laughs> Go ahead, friend. So, a viral video 
happened yet. I think Kane happened Monday. It was, you know, Monday was when it happened. Of the owner, a Kappa. This is also important to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yelling at Brunch his Boot patrons, Organization of the World, Craig. Yelling at his patrons. Um, talking, you know, talking about like. You know, this isn't this isn't the type of establishment. This isn't you know we need to respect ourselves. You know, just all of that. About two to, about uh, about two to three groups of women, black women, were you know twerking, kick, kick, kicking it, just doing a, doing a lot at the brunch. I guess you know on the Sunday brunch was just you know turned to fuck up, and then a, a second video was released of, I guess, the guy. Now, we know this is in the middle of the pandemic because the guy has a mask on in the second video, which is, again, asinine how this became a thing. Um, and he's talking to one of the... He looks like he's talking to one of the tables in question and trying to be respectful as far as, like, you know, hey, like, could you not, you know, just, you know, calm it down a little bit. Guess that table. You know how it's. You know how the table acts. Like I can guarantee the table was like, nigga, fuck that, nigga. And so then Shorty, I guess, started standing on furniture and like shaking our ass on the glass, and he lost it. So this this sparked the worst day of conversation I've seen on the app in in the pandemic, in my opinion. Just a bunch of just terrible takes, off the wall takes, mm-hmm. projections, mm-hmm. all type mm-hmm. of shit. And mm-hmm. I'm my 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 statement's gonna be quick because if y'all can't tell, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like like it's really the energy I have to muster to have a take on this is a lot. But my take is this. Everybody was wrong. All you niggas was wrong. Everybody was wrong. The the, the 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 patrons for not respecting the owner's wishes. The owner for the, react, the reaction that he did, and all the y'all niggas were having a packed ass brunch in the middle of a pandemic. Um, there's a, there's a conversation that we are going to have, maybe not today, but you know we could tuck it about how black businesses look at black customers and how black customers yep. look at black business. And yes. it's a two-sided it's a two-sided conversation that we may need to tuck depending on how this comes about. Oh, we'll tuck that one because I there I don't want to use True Kitchen as that example, but because I don't give a that, flying fuck about True Kitchen. Truly. I don't True give a Kitchen fuck. also gained about fifteen thousand followers on Instagram and about three thousand reservations since this video happened. And I'm pretty sure so, they're gonna have a line out the door. Um, Outrage is always the best marketing, and you nakers continue to fall for it every single time. Every time. I'll be real with you. My issue was with the owner, because I feel like it's all in your approach. All in your approach. I don't care how pissed off. As somebody who works for a... Also works for a nightclub that just so happens to serve brunch, I... Hmm. I've seen and, and my see, boss get a. That's the difference. They try. And there's kitchen. a different environment. 
Yeah, they, they try to claim themselves as fine dining. That's a, that's an important but distinction. Here's the thing. But, right. but you and can't. That is. That is. You can't call your cocktails cocktails with a K and serve me out of used liquor bottles and call yourself fine dining in my opinion. But that's that's the last and point then I have. Hire a Continue. DJ to play. First of all, if the DJ you hired for this event plays taking over for the 99s to the 2000s, tells me that I got a wet ass pussy, tells me to shake that monkey, does any of those things, what the fuck do you expect me to do? Sit there and act like I have some sense? If you want it, I feel like a lot of times you guys want, you want niggers to come to your establishment and do the, like, you want black dollars with and black people in your space because you want to cultivate, like do something for the quote unquote culture. But when the culture acts accordingly, you start getting to the, to my point of the respectability politics and, Oh, you should have had some sense and Oh, can't take black folks nowhere. And Oh, black folks are ruining brunch. Like one day y'all are really going to free yourselves from the shackles of respectability politics. And I understand what it takes in order to dismantle that system. So I'll keep it real cute because it's layered, but I need y'all to know this. Number one, respectability politics are absolutely rooted in white supremacy. White people are barbaric as fuck. They are literally barbarians in white, in, in, in white collars. That's all it is. Have you ever been in a business meeting with a pissed or a frustrated white man? The shit that comes out of his mouth is absolutely inappropriate. But who's going to check him? Nobody. Because we assume that, oh, he's just really passionate and really committed to the job. Let your black ass get up there and act like that. You'll be walked out. So don't get up here and talk to me about respectability politics because and, and the way that you should quote unquote conduct yourself. They hired the DJ to do exactly what the fuck the DJ did and the people responded exactly how they were supposed to. Bro, at the same time, you gave these niggas say slushies, had them waiting two hours for fucking shrimp and grits and thought they wasn't going to be on their head. Bro, you lucky little shit. If it was my black ass, you lucky I wasn't on my knees sucking dick underneath the table. Uh, listen, let me tell y'all something real quick. I think that we talk a lot about gatekeeping the culture, right? And how to keep others out of our business. But what we should also be including in gatekeeping the culture is the black folks that believe that once black people start enjoying shit in mass, it automatically loses its value. Or that there is always like time and place decorum for black ass settings that invite that kind of behavior. You saying that, okay, if me, if, if we're at brunch and the DJ is playing all the shit I'm supposed to be shaking my ass to, I'm going to give you a cute little table twerk. But if our black asses end up hanging from the fucking ceiling because he wanted to play Nuck If You Buck at 1130 AM, what the fuck do you expect? You gave these niggas bottomless mimosas, liquor slushies, and expected them to handle themselves with class? No. It was a perfect formula for some fuck shit. And fuck shit is exactly what ensued. Now, what I will say is that when the owner asked the young lady to get off the furniture, that was an unreasonable request. That's not. I too, excuse me, I too have had to tell niggas, hey bro, you can't stand on top of the couch. Like, I get where we are, but not, not now. You gotta come off the couch. Now, once this, once the brunch portion of this shit is over and we turn into a day party and my black ass gets to leave, that's none of my business. What you decide to do at that point is between you and your guy. But while we here, turn up, have a good time. You just can't twerk on my furniture.
That wasn't an unreasonable request. His response after Shorty told him to, like, no, essentially, should have been like, okay, if you guys don't calm down, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. But coming out there and showing your black ass. And then the other part about that is, them niggas stayed for the curse out. Baby, I'd have been bouncing my... I would have swallowed my mimosa and bounced my ass on my way out the door. Fuck you Listen, in this nah, bitch. Nah, once you told me... Once you told me that you didn't need my money, oh, you clearly weren't expecting I, me to pay for this then because you don't need my money, yeah. right? Heard I'm you. out. Y'all I'm going to finish my food. Sat there. No, y'all niggas sat there, let him berate you like a child and still paid your bill? Nah. Nah. Nope. It's not happening. But the like, second portion yeah. of that is... Go ahead. The second Go ahead. portion of that is this. As the club, as the restaurant owner, for you to tell somebody that you don't need their money in the middle of a pandemic is wild. Especially because I have watched some restaurants have to close their doors because people couldn't come. They couldn't come. The customer base wasn't there. So for you to literally go to people, go to black people at that, the same people that you welcome and wanted in your establishment to begin with, to tell these black, same black people that could have spent their money anywhere that you don't need it is disrespectful. That's wild. And yes, negative press, of course, of course. He's going to be, I guarantee it, he'll probably be jumping through, I, maybe February. After this buzz and shit dies down, he's going to have a good, good holiday season. Christmas for his kids going to be great. He might even roll into quarter one of next year, balling out of fucking control. But I need y'all to understand what this man told y'all. He told y'all that at the end of the day, he don't need y'all shit. And that y'all, you gonna give me your nigger dollars. You're gonna, I'm gonna talk to you how I feel like it, and you're gonna get the fuck out of my establishment. He sounded exactly like these corner store Chinese ass restaurant like owners that own all these fucking beauty shops and and fucking nail salons and shit. He sounds exactly like them niggas. It's cool for you to give me your nigger ass dollars, but I don't give a fuck about you. And yet, I just want y'all to think. and yet we continue to support both. Like, and we support both. Like you know me, like uh, I look. Again, my nail tech at this. Listen, I started really paying attention, and this year made me do that. Right, I don't. I, I've always supported black business, right? But this year, I was intentionally cognizant of where my money was going when it came down to my needs. And if I knew a black person that could do the exact same thing for me, I started immediately giving them my service. Now, of course, I'm. If I'm giving you my money, there's a certain expectation that I have. Anytime I decide I want to pay for a service, I don't give a fuck what you look like. I have an expectation, a standard. And if I'm giving you my money for this job, I need it. I need it right. Right. But I, pre- I do prefer to give my money to black people. But that doesn't mean I'm going to skimp on quality or service because you a nigga, nigga. Bro, you can get this fuck you too. And I think that as black people, when we start shopping with black people and doing services and business with black people, like, make sure to keep the business on the up and up. You, in order to be, have good customer service or be treated with well customer service, you also have to be a good customer. I'm a great customer. I'm a great person to work with. I really am. I give you that. I'm patient. I'm lenient. I'm understanding. And my money is always correct. Always. Also, I only patron black businesses that I know are going to treat me with the same respect. And it's not that I don't give you the opportunity to correct yourself, because I do. We all fuck up. We all fall short. It's how you bounce back from that and how you treat me in the process. That matters to me. I don't hold that. That's not a different standard across the board. And I'll be honest with you. I'm a lot more patient with black business owners than I am with anybody else. Because I understand what it takes for you to have what you have. But 
if I if you ever hear me talking bad, not and, and what's crazy is I don't even publicly, I will never publicly bash or talk bad about black businesses. I don't care what they did. Because nah, you still you 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 still black. So I'm not gonna publicly embarrass you, but you will never get my money again. And I get to say that. But as far as True Kitchen is concerned, I wish you all the best of luck, but I think that there needs to be a bigger conversation about, and you're right, this is a conversation for another day, but there is something to be said about being being a Black-owned business and, and how Black-owned businesses treat customers and how customers, Black people, look at Black-owned businesses. There is something to be said there. Because we automatically assume that because it's Black, it isn't of the same value or... or and it, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's it's we talked about we talk about internalized misogyny all the time, but we we still got in, in, in internalized racism and internalized self hate. Like fam, like, I'm gonna be honest with you, the way some of these black people talk about other black people and black people behavior and elitism, which is a whole other topic for another day. But the way some of y'all talk about black people and black experiences, it makes me think that some of y'all just white people on dark mode. <laughs> These niggas on night mode. I don't like it. Like some of y'all just want white access. You don't want some. Of, some, of, some of them just got left in the oven a little long. She turned a little bit too long, bro. Uh, yeah, but like, like some yeah, of them are just on dark it, mode, bro. It, it, it's it's and it all comes down as as Soldier Boy would say to them crackers because it's like them crackers. Um, it's some people, some people want to be, want to bring their niggas into the room and some people want to be the only nigga in the room. And we, we see, we see that even when we just travel, like when niggas was going to Santorini, Ghana. Greece, or, or mm-hmm. niggas was going to Dubai or niggas was going to Miami or niggas are going to Tulum. It was like the elitist was like, oh, nah, everyone's going to Tulum. Oh, my God, it's so ghetto. Why? Because niggas have found something that's nigga friendly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, black people have found... Oh, my God, Calvin, you preaching today. Black people have found a city in, in, in a world where anti-blackness is universal. As you love to say, there's, yes. a, word for, there's a word for nigger in every language. And we so, found pockets. We in found the world pockets that of people accepting of black people, and but now, and so now that that now that niggas put niggas on game, it becomes ghetto. Like that's just, okay. It all comes down to yeah, that same level is that that access. Like look, a lot. So you're you're not supposed to pull the ladder up once you climb up and get make it out. You're supposed to leave the ladder for the next person to be able to climb up and make it out. And a lot of you niggas. The way- Mm-hmm. A lot of you niggas mm-hmm. make it out, pull up the ladder, and then look down at the niggas who are still down there. I was like, I made it out. Why can't you, nigga? You took the ladder. That's how. And you, 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 you. It manifests in different ways. It manifests in the, oh my god, like how they're acting, like. And there's a fine line, right? It's a fine line. Because, yes, there's a time and a place for a lot of shit. <laughs> right? But, but that's based off of, not respectability politics, but that's based off of respect. Right? Okay, look. Mm-hmm. Shorty, shorty twerking, 
dancing on tables, dancing on furniture. If you respect me as a black business owner, if I come to you and respectfully ask, hey, Shorty, can you can you get down? Like, can you can you can you just like relax for a minute? Like, you know, there's kids around, or like whatever. Like, hey, you know, it's not just, it's not the type of party right now. Can can you you know what I mean? And then or, you then you give me your ass to kiss. Then I then I would respectfully be like, okay, later. Bring me their checks. Appreciate you. Hey, here's your bill. Y'all have to respectfully get the fuck out of here. Same, same. Or, in, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to be real. The way that that owner should have handled shit, I would have said one thing to the customer. I'd have came back and said, hey, if y'all don't stop standing on my furniture, I'm going to ask you to leave. But also, let's check the vibes. What the fuck are you playing? Talk to the DJ. Hey, man, I need shit to calm down in here a little bit. Throw on some Snow Allegra. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I need I need niggas to calm down. That's what they do at brunch. And hey, and, that, and niggas... also, and also, there's a question about why do you feel like in order for you to make it comfortable to black people that you have to hire a whole DJ to DJ at your quote unquote fine dining establishment? Every system is equipped with an aux cord and house speakers. You don't have to require a DJ to play your nigger tunes in order to make it comfortable for black people. Why do you think that about black people? Another question, another time. Throwing that in the atmosphere. Because, again, making something black friendly is way more than just having somebody DJ the latest, the latest hits. It's like, I don't Honestly, have to, I don't have thing, to hear you know baby. black friendly? I don't have to hear throat baby at lunch to to feel black friendly if the rest of the shit is on point. Right. You want to know what makes something black friendly? Treating black people friendly. Truly, because very and again, I, we don't want to compare everything to whiteness because whiteness cannot and should not be be the benchmark for how whiteness we move. Whiteness is not the litmus test for appropriate for how we for it's how not. we move, but. There are non-black-owned businesses that black-owned that black people frequent because we talk to each other like, "Hey, they have good customer service. Hey, they do shit right over there. Hey, they'll take care of you. Hey, they good. They good people. They solid. You know what I'm saying? They they got they got something going on here. And also, there you know, same way there are black businesses that we that you know, I have some black businesses that I will slander every opportunity I get because of how they treated me. And and we, there's a joke that we make, right? That like how if the customer service good, the food's not. And it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a high, you know, ha ha ha. Like you know, it's funny, but it's also like, fam, why why do I have to expect to get disrespected in order for the food to be good? Because I know that you're only doing this because your food's good. Because if the food wasn't good, you would actually treat me with like with a semblance of decency. There's a lot of shit to unpack, and that's and it's going to take more than just this conversation to unpack it. But right. long story short, and this is way past True Kitchen, because again, I don't give a flying fuck about True Kitchen. Any nigga who wears a short sleeve turtleneck is not a nigga that I can respect. So there's that. <laughs> if you own a short sleeve turtleneck, I'm sorry. Burn that bitch. I'm Because are you cold or are you not cold? Because I need you to make up your fucking mind. Anyways. Listen. 
We're going to end it I, on move, that move, note. Because we spent almost, way too much time talking about the shit. I don't give a fuck Way about. too much time. You ain't even want to talk about that shit for real. That's the funny part. Um, Calvin, I'm actually going to give you the four. Okay. You wanted to talk about pride being a double-edged sword. Yes. You want, here's, you want here's to dive deep, friend? Here's what I mean, right? This is, listen, Alex knows me. So if, whenever my topic is, because we need to talk about, whenever my topic is some deep shit, she just goes, oh, here goes Calvin. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just giving you the floor, friend. You got um, it. And you got it, dude. This ties into the Nate Robinson thing, too, because this also ties into that. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something real quick before you dive deep. Mm-hmm. I hope that man is surrounded by nothing but love and support. I hope that man has turned his phone off. I hope that he's he not been to, watching any of these. He needs to go memes. off the grid. He needs to yeah, go bro. Off like the you grid. need a you need a minute because when I tell y'all that y'all tore that man up on social media to the point where I felt bad, and I don't typically feel bad for niggas, celebrity niggas. I really, really don't, especially not the shit talking ones. But I feel bad. Like y'all have Damn, he got knocked out. If he got the Nate Oof. Robinson challenge, he got knocked out and Snoop Dogg went into a Negro spiritual. He got he Baby, went to a I him. saw that shit and hollered. He was like, oh Lord. <laughs> Man, he, he reacted like your granny when you when somebody fell out in church. It's like, oh Lord, protect him, baby. Oh, bless his heart. You get the cloth, go get the cloth. Get, get the cloth. Sit on that seven and nine. He's like, oh my God. Like, just like, oh my. <laughs> Woo, Snoop Dogg turned into an entire bishop, bro. <laughs> Snoop Dogg has 54 jobs. They told us weed makes you lazy. That's some wild shit. Um Baby, weed don't make me lazy at all. Anyways, but so pride, so pride is a double-edged sword. Here's what I mean by that, right? And this really was about my life, but it can also tie into other people's. Pride is one of my biggest strengths and my biggest my biggest weaknesses. The same pride that won't allow me to become someone that people take advantage of, to be a simping ass, tricking ass nigga who just doesn't have enough self worth to 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 be taken advantage of by people who prey on. The, the, the innocent and, and, the, and the low self-esteem is the same pride that prevents me from asking for help when I need it. Two sides, same coin. And, and it's hard to balance because when you're going good, that pride is, uh, that pride is helpful. That, that pride will prevent you from making decisions that will have you look in a certain type of way. You'll be able, Dave Chappelle, has a lot of pride, for example, because Dave Chappelle has the pride to walk away from any of these goddamn deals that people throw at him because he's like, I can't stand on that. It's also easy I, I can't to be prideful that. when you have the finances to do it. And, and I counter that with back in 04, Dave Chappelle didn't really have the finances to do it. Like he walked away from 50 million and went back to a farm and literally was out of work for the next eight, nine years, just living a normal nigga life, being a cautionary tale. But he, you know, because I, I read I read an article about the NBA bubble, right? Shout out to Taylor Rooks, Black Girl Magic, Black Girl Journalism, who wrote it Super for Super proud of her. Also, Taylor Rooks is fine as hell. Anyway, continue. Oh, fine as fuck. Fine as fuck. Speaking of fine-ass Black women journalists, huge shout out to Mykeisha, straight out of Columbus, Ohio. I've been following her work for a very long time now. And she doesn't even remember me, but I remember her. <laughs> and I don't think that she even knows who I am and what a fan of her I am. And I kind of like it that way. But so you um, don't want me to get her. This, so you don't want me to get on the episode. 
because I can hear her. I absolutely uh, want her on okay. an episode because okay. I want to hear her talk her shit. But, okay. but, um, let me give, can I give this black woman her flowers real quick before I let you go, Calvin? But real quick, I pay attention before I start standing anybody. I pay attention to you for a very long time. Like for instance, I, and not even, not even because I have doubts in you, but some of my faves have absolutely embarrassed my black ass. And if the, and I just, I can't take no more L's like that, dog. Mulatto. <coughs> Mulatto. Mulatto's embarrassing. And I like, and I love her. I love her. But she's embarrassing. We'll talk about her another day. I, I have to really mourn this because I might have to stop listening to her music. She just doesn't get it. And so, I, and I can't, it's one thing for you to be ignorant. It's another thing for you to be willfully ignorant. And that's what it feels like right now. So I'm just, I'm really, I'm trying to hold out for the good sis. Maybe she'll get it. Maybe she won't. She's also young. Anyway. She's 21, right? So I'm sorry. So you try yeah. to, you try, like, the same grace I extend to problematic 20-year-old male rappers is the same grace I extend to Mulatto. It's like, you but young hear and me dumb, out. but you just famous young and dumb. So like, maybe hear me with out. age, you can be less dumb. Maybe. But the problem that I'm having here is that you cannot tell me that color ex- colorism doesn't exist with a name like Mulatto. Sis, what? <laughs> like, 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 it's right there. It's literally right there. It's right there. That's like, like me saying racism that is, doesn't exist. When I tell you that is gaslighting, that is gaslighting, bro. But that's, that's like me saying racism doesn't exist and my rap name is Nigger Boy. <laughs> like, it's right there. Right, man, it's right what? There. It's right there. Like, you can't. Like, you're, you can't. You can't. You're not serious. You're not. But anyway, she is. Sis is dead ass. But that's not, that wasn't my point. Getting back to my point. Huge shout out to my Keisha. I have watched, all right. I met my Keisha actually at Orange, so at the Orange Soda Festival last year. And I met her because she was talking to Corey. Shout out to Corgasm. Um, and I walked up and Corey was just like, oh, this is Alex. This is my Keisha. And my Keisha, she said, um, Corey was like, yeah, she just did the podcast. Like she just did one of the podcasts. She's like, oh, that's what's up, sis. And we had a very brief interaction. It was filled with nothing but love and just like when my Keisha talks to you, it feels like your grandmama's hugging you a little bit. Like, you know, that's the that's the vibe I got from her. But it was it was genuine. It was straight up. Um, it was one of the times that I can remember just genuinely being embraced by a black woman. Like genuine she didn't know me from Adam. And I just I appreciated that. So shout out to her. Like huge shout out to her. Go ahead, Calvin. I'm sorry. No problem. Listen, I ain't gonna interrupt you shouting out the the the, the I'm a friends. Cute, of, when I tell you, I have read some of her articles that have been featured. All, anytime she posts her article, bro, on the internet, I read it. I don't care what, bro. She could be talking about the color blue is amazing, and that could be the only thing in the article, one, and I'm one gonna fish, stand. Two fish, red fish, red fish, blue fish, blue fish. and I, you think a bitch won a Pulitzer Prize, bro. The way I would stand for it. Uh, listen, like, bro, oh my yeah. God, my Keisha's out here being fucking awesome again. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, shout out, shout out to her. You know what I'm saying? Me and me and her, we know we've known each other for a minute. We've what we we used to work together on some flypaper magazine shit way back in the day. Um, you know what I'm saying? She's I'm just a she's, fan. she's she's grown. Um you know, that, that's someone I consider. That's someone I consider a friend. I know that me, me and awesome. her, we we are, we are both very strong-minded individuals. Me and her, and like when you're both strong-minded, loud, opinionated, and not in a negative way. How you go? Oh my! Oh, she's opinionated. Oh, she's loud. Like no, like we both just 
very much we stand in on our shit. And y'all like, both got hills y'all are willing to die about, and sometimes and, those hills don't agree. Yeah, and like so, there's, there there was a couple times where we butted heads, and we've gotten past that. You know what I'm saying? We we we, we I'm saying I, you know what I'm saying I, I reached out to try to. You know what I'm saying? You know, make amends. Like, you know what I'm saying? She blocked me for a little bit, but you know, we got past that now. Um, but <laughs> you know, big shout out to she also got a clubhouse room that is a clubhouse show. Um Yeah, called, pussy rap and all of that. Yeah. And honestly, when I can get over my current disdain for Clubhouse, I, I will absolutely You have it in in your inbox from me. Like you have I one. know, and I have several invites to Clubhouse because niggas is like, bro, you would kill it on here. And I'm like I want the conversation to be something I can also gain from. I don't want to sit in on a conversation of you niggas circle jerking each other. And honestly, and that's what it sounds to, like to you me. Don't, listen, and I'll make I'll get back to my point. You can literally choose the rooms you're in. <laughs> like you literally choose which rooms you're in. You can start your own rooms. You 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 can choose who you want to listen to and follow. Like a lot of these niggas who who complain about Clubhouse act like you can't just not be in the rooms. Like you can't. I mean, and you're right. You're right, and that's why I'm just like, listen. I I haven't been on. I'm gonna be honest. I have not stepped foot into Clubhouse. I have several invites sitting in my inbox. I I've been contemplating it, especially because I've been thinking about stepping away from social media for a while anyway. So like, um, so there, just the, being a part it's a of, choose your own adventure. Of, it's a choose. Yeah, I'll say like, it's a choose I your just, own adventure. If you want to be, I'll I'll put it like this. If it choose your own adventure tale, like it, they, like there are networking opportunities. Niggas have gotten jobs. Niggas have gotten like give on features and her placements off of clubhouse. And also there's been moan rooms and, and, and it's coming like funny room. It's a choose your own adventure. But shit I absolutely don't need. But in both cases, the key word here is choose. You literally choose how you want to move. Choose what rooms you want to participate in. Choose what rooms you want to listen in. And you're fine. <laughs> like, that's why I'm like, it's a choice at the end of the day. Don't choose some shit and then complain about the choice you made. That is my well, wraparound on Clubhouse. Back to I'm going to treat Clubhouse point. how I treat these niggas. We going to see. Anyways. Um... <laughs> Anyways, so back to my point. Pride is a double-edged sword. And the reason why I say that is because the same pride can help and hurt you in almost the same way. Like that, the same pride that makes me stand, have the hills that I'll die on, have my set of integrity, not be not not sell myself short, not sell myself out, not be out here looking bad. Again, pride is is what prevents me from being one of the niggas that old Alex used to dominate. You feel me? Like we've had those conversations. Okay, like, fam, relax. Fam, relax. If, fam, if 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 some if some of the stories I've heard from some of the women that I care about happened to me, those same women would beat those women up. I would whoop they ass if a woman ever treated you how I'd be dogging some of these niggas, bro. I would literally whoop her ass. I would and, I would beat her up. And the difference there is pride. I am a very prideful individual. But also that same pride is is why I end up shutting out people when I'm going through something while I don't ask for help. I like my same pride will have me, nigga, I will die before I ask somebody to help me for some shit I'm supposed to take care of mom. Again, I know that's problematic. 
same side of a double-edged sword. Pride is what got Nate Robinson fucked up. Nate Robinson is a, was an NBA player. Okay? Nate Robinson. I didn't know that. And that makes this so much more funny. You didn't know he was an NBA? I forgot. You don't know the sports. Okay. <laughs> I had, bro, I don't watch the sports. Okay. Bro, cool, 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 cool. funny. Uh, all right. So NBA, Ro- <laughs> NBA, Nate Robinson was like a NBA, bro. <laughs> Nate Robinson <laughs> so, so NBA Fleet Boy aka Nate Robinson is a, is a, was a 10 to 12 year NBA veteran right he is short by NBA standards so he's like 5'8 5'9 my type your type short dark skin and, and rich as fuck he he's won the slam dunk contest three times. So like he is clearly very athletic to be a five nine nigga and win the slam dunk contest multiple times. He he dunked over Baby, Dwight Howard before. I don't fuck losers, but he could get a little time. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Anyway, so Nate Robinson <laughs> is not a perfect, and he also he also was like a football star in like high school and like college and shit. Like so, he's a two sport athlete. Neither one of those sports is boxing. However, <laughs> he was going against YouTuber and alleged racist Jake Paul. Jake Paul. All this sounds like is my yeah. nigga got a little bit too much dip on his chip. <laughs> Listen, Jake Paul. Jake Paul is from Northeast Ohio. He's not from Cleveland. He's from Northeast Ohio. He's from like Westlake. So if that shows you why Northeast why Northeast Ohio deserves dust, they produce niggas like dust. And yes, I said it. Fight me, all you two one six niggas. Fight me, all you three three zero niggas. Fight me. <laughs> Back to the point. You know what, Calvin? I would keep it a little cute. Cleveland niggas different. Listen, I if, I, if one Cleveland nigga, I, I will die, never do that shit again. Listen, Them niggas different. And that's fine. Because at the end of the day. If I die or get my get hands put on me because of a Cleveland nigga, I deserved it. Clearly, that was a plan that God had for my life. <laughs> and I am cool with a lot of Cleveland niggas. But we talk shit all the time because Cleveland niggas look at Cincinnati niggas like we are dirty and we are dust. So I'm just giving the same energy. That's all. Back to the point. Okay. Jake Paul is a YouTuber. A very problematic YouTuber. However, Jake Paul has also fought professionally before. At least he's fought at least once professionally before, knocked out another YouTuber in the first round. And what we didn't see before the fight, we saw after the fight, was Jake Paul's training videos where he was fucking his sparring partners up. So then, we, so Pride. Nate Robinson is a very athletic human being. Nate Robinson, because he's athletic and because you have to have a certain level of audacity to be a five foot eight NBA player who's won the slam dunk competition three times. You gotta have a certain level of pride and audacity. Nate Robinson was like, you know what? I'll take this motherfucker, this YouTuber. He talking shit. Fuck this nigga. I'll, I'll fuck him. And he was like, I'm doing this for my NBA family. I'm doing this for all the bro- like, but for the culture. Anytime a nigga says he's doing it for the culture, it generally ends up poorly. I don't know if you noticed that. Baby, that's listen, like a, that's keep like a, the that's, culture's name out your mouth like the at this point. Of 
If you instead of doing this for the culture, like nigga, you gonna lose whatever you're doing for it. You finna and, lose, lose. And so, so they go into so this pay per view. You know, it's the biggest pay per view of the year because again, we've been in the house, and this is Mike Tyson at fifty four and Roy Jones at fifty one as a headline. They very literally were fight before. They are the second main event, and Nate Robinson's pride came before a downfall. Mm-hmm. He came every out, time. And he was fighting, like, you know Desi Banks? Yes. Nate Robinson came out fighting, like, Parlay was his boxing trainer. You need your ass whooped. <laughs> like, he, like, he came out and was just, like, just geeked the fuck up. Just turned to the max. Just aggressive with it. And Jake Paul calmly, surgically, Knock this nigga the entire fuck out in the second round. And do you yeah, do you want that nigga's ass? And do you want to know how much the guaranteed purse was for Nate Robinson to get his ass beat on pay per view? Oh, please tell me, please tell me. The guaranteed purse. Now this isn't this. This may not be what they end up with because they have endorsements, all the other shit. For to, for comparison. Right. Mike Tyson's guaranteed purse was a million dollars. Same as Roy Jones Jr. Nate Robinson and Jake Paul's guaranteed purse was $600. What? Not $600,000. No. Calvin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. American dollars. This man, Nate Robinson, got knocked out for half a stimmy. This man... Nate Robinson got knocked out for two Yeezys, two pair of Yeezys. This man, Calvin. Nate Robinson, got knocked out for the cost of a PS5 in one game. This man, Nate Robinson, got, <laughs> I can keep going. This man, Nate Robinson, got knocked out for $600. Like, so this just embarrassing. So this just embarrassing, embarrassing. You know what I said about giving that nigga some ass? I take it back. Because you don't know how to handle... Nah, but nah baby. That would be poor pussy management on my behalf. Nah. Because you... You know what? It's embarrassing. There's no... Let me tell you something. And this is, of course, like, completely off topic. But there's no amount of money that takes away from public embarrassment. There's none. There is not a bag big enough that can say, you know what? I will excuse being publicly embarrassed. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll excuse it. No biggie. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. And so, that. Nah. I refuse to be publicly embarrassed by my partner. And also, fam, he had Steph Curry tweeting like Nate, Nate, Nate Robinson just got a cancer call. Like, he was like, please be okay, Nate. Please be okay. And you know, oh Steph, my God. You know Steph Curry like the holy child and shit. Like, so, again, what, what do we always say? In social media. Shut the fuck up. It's free. That Sorry. too. In social media, especially <laughs> Twitter, there is one main character of the day, and your goal is to never be it. Whether you're famous or just a regular nigga who went viral over some stupid shit, your goal is to never be the main character of Twitter. Because there is no way you can tweet through it. There is no way you can rise above it. There is no way to escape being the main character of the day. Yeah, you know, 
there are just certain L's you just gonna have to take, my guy. You just like, you just gonna have just, to hold just, that just, one just, close just, to the just, chest. Just throw your phone into the nearest body of water and start anew, another day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that All day. is how pride is a double-edged sword. Not only in my life, but Nate Robinson's life as well. Because Nate Robinson has to have pride to be a 13-year NBA vet. Had to have pride to be a 5'8 nigga making it in the, in the league. Had to have pride to be a multiple-time slam dunk champion. But Nate Robinson's also had pride to get knocked out by a YouTube star from Westlake, Ohio. And not only did he get knocked out from said YouTube star, the said YouTube star the next day posted a picture in a Nate Robinson jersey. Nate Robinson, low-key got to shoot that man. I don't make the rules. You low-key got to shoot him. But I feel like if, if you knock me out and then you wear my merch, somebody got to die. Baby, I get to shoot the fair one. Like, I, get the, I get the rob like that if, nigga. Like if someone, knocks, if someone knocks me out and then the next day posts up in some shoot your shot merch, he got to die. It's just I'm going to whoop his ass, he bro. Gotta I'm die. shooting. He got to die. I'm shooting. So, me and Beloved are going to be in the streets looking for that man, bro. Ain't no way. He got to die. And I feel like, again, I don't make the rules. But I'm just saying. And, and the Shoot Your Shot podcast does not condone violence of any kind. But I'm just saying. Calvin's portion of the Shoot Your Shot vi- Girl, podcast. Girl, listen, if they sue you, they violence. sue me. So, <laughs> Baby, Calvin's portion of this podcast. No, because I'm real with you. Some people only learn their lessons in blood. So far be it for me to be the bitch to tell you not to swing on that hoe. I'm not the one to tell you that. I'm going to tell you the only if thing If you I'm don't let you, me get my legal leave off so we don't get sued for this goddamn podcast. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to... Anyway, like I said, the Shisha Shop podcast is not condone killing <laughs> or violence. However, if a man knocks you out and then wears your jersey the next day, do what you got to do. Because pride is a double-edged sword. And keeping it real sometimes goes wrong. Now, because we didn't get to this last week, and we're run, almost running out of time. We need. I don't want to talk about it because I want time, and we don't have we, time to get yes, to that. Yes, we have time because no, we're we not, don't. Here's the thing: because the more time we let pass between this album and our review, the less likely I'm going to give a fuck to review it. So you choose. How you, you didn't give play. a fuck to review it last week. You choose how to play this game. I say we skip it because we don't have time to get into it. Are we going to treat... We spent way too much time talking about brunch, bro. Are we going to treat Meg's review the same way you tweeted Queen and Slim? I still ain't seen that movie. Wait. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So... Queen and Slim been on HBO Max for months, bro. (laughs) You found time to watch the entire series of The Undoing. But you couldn't I didn't even watch that shit. You couldn't you couldn't click over one. You can you could even baby, type don't in. Don't even Q-U. ask me how many times I have rewatched Game of Thrones at this point, bro. You like, couldn't even, you couldn't even go to the search bar and type Q U E. All right. <laughs> All right. And you know what? While we're here, huge shout out to Mike Gaynor, right? So Mike not only has been a huge fan of the show for a long time, but the nigga's tired of me not having like platforms. So I have like three streaming platforms. So I had I had Netflix, Stars, and HBO, right? Mm-hmm. But Mike was like, bro, what streaming platforms do you need? Here are my logins, bro. Catch up on all this shit, right? So huge shout out to him. Because of Mike, I have an Amazon Prime membership now. 
and I've been binge watching The Boys, which is fucking fire. Oh yeah, I told but, you. Listen, I, I, listen, I, I, I told you. Like that shit, that shit. It, it, we it, know I'm late to the party. It get, we know it get I'm crazy. Late to the party. It, it, it get. It's wild. wild. Hey, bro, Homelander, I want to whoop his ass. But you can't, because that nigga's goddamn in, invincible. <laughs> like, Starlight is in way over her head. I'm only see, on season see? one episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm on season one, episode three, right? And Starlight is fr- finally starting to kind of, like, put the pieces together or whatever. And, like, she's starting to finally kind of see the forest for the trees with all of this superhero shit. And Sis is shocked. And I'm like, bro, that doe-eyed, blonde hair, goody two-shoe shit, like, you're going to either die on that hill or become Homelander. And I'm not going to lie. I think that, I truly believe that at one point in time, Homelander was a good guy. But he drank the fucking Kool-Aid. It consumed him, and this is the product of that. And you can see it in the way that he talks about his relationship with his mom. You can see it in that predatory-ass relationship he has with old girl. Like, you see it. I can see it. I can see Homelander at one point in time cared. Queen Maeve is also... Queen Maeve is like... She's still got some good in her. But she understands that this is the game and this is how it has to be played right now. Bro, Homelander is so far gone. Don't get me started on that trifling-ass nigga A-Train, bro. He ain't shit. A-Train ain't shit. He ain't shit. And the nigga with the gills... Bro, Sandusky, Ohio deserves better. And watching that fucking plane crash, Calvin, bro, I had to turn it off. <laughs> Woo! That plane crash scene, I was emotional. <laughs> oh my, like, bro, I was never so disappointed. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Mike. <laughs> no, I'm not watching Queen and Slim. I'm so sorry, guys. Like, I think we can all come to terms with the fact that I'm never going to watch that movie. It has to just be on. Like, another movie that I know y'all, like, love, love and went hard for, and I probably just, mm, catching on a whim. It has to be on or something. Hamilton. I- yeah, now, Hamilton, like, I always tell myself I'm going to watch it. And yeah. I, the difference with Hamilton never get around to it. is I ain't never made no promises to niggas to watch it. I just told niggas, I like, made promises to niggas I was going to watch Hamilton, and honestly... I lied to y'all. I lied to each and every last one. You I lied. liar. I lied. liar. I lied. I lied. I'm not. You know what it is? I'm going to have to get with like a Malcolm character. Like somebody who goes hard for Hamilton and watch it with somebody who's passionate about it. Because me, on my own, y'all got it. Y'all got it. <laughs> and yeah, y'all got I, fin- it. I finished the boys. And so I'm not going to spoil nothing for you. But Don't. Listen, that shit, shit is wild. Shit, shit, shit only get crazier, bro. Like shit only get crazier. Shit get really, really real in these streets. And like, I'm excited for you to go through that journey in like a linear fashion than having to kind of wait uh, like a year between seasons, like I had to. So that's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, I'm gonna binge watch Shorty. If you give me a good series and it's got a couple seasons, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap in. I'll tap in. But Queen and Slim, I'll be honest with you. Mm, much like that one nigga's engagement, mixed reviews. I'm cool. Ma'am, this this is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. And I need you to relax. And it fucks with me because his fiance really likes me. And I just... Ma'am, 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 ma'am,
please. I'll stop. Allie, Allie, please. <laughs> I'll stop. Mm. Anyway, would you like to end this on a positive note, friend? <laughs> We're doomed. I got it. We're, We're doomed. doomed. <laughs> I ain't got it. And if you want me, like, bro, I don't. I, there's only so much of like you're gonna get sued before. Like, let's end now. <laughs> I feel a lawsuit, and I ain't got. It. I ain't got. Um, it. Protect your peace. Protect your chicken. Protect your mentals. Protect your protect your gifts. Um, they're still in packages. It's Robin season. Keep your head on the swivel. Wear your fucking masks. Um. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got for y'all niggas. Uh, Wear your fucking mask. Protect your chicken. Protect your mental. Protect your Amazon packages. Shop small. Shop black. It's your boy C. Diddy. Um, (laughs) It's your girl, Ali Nicole. We are out. Peace. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Little mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock. I'm gone, bro. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my